As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hafley. We are presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes, and you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. All right, a bit of avalanche news, particularly on the defense coming in today. One, Kevin Connaughton was called up from the Eagles, but it looks like that's just to be a guy sitting in the press box because Ian Cole has been fully cleared at this point. AJ, how big of an impact are you expecting from Cole here? Well, the one area that you certainly want to see the improvement is obviously the PK, right? Yeah. That was a big reason that you went out and you got him. Yeah, <clears throat> you paid him the money, you gave him the years, you gave him the job. You want him to do that for you. You pretty much have everything else covered. You've got offense, you've got puck movers. You know, you even have a, a designated big guy to hit people and be scary. And so all Cole has to do is just block a lot of shots and produce elite PK results and easy peasy. It's totally worth it. Sure. Is that... <laughs> Can he just drop it and do that, though? That's like a big question. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's that's the un, I say I'm going to say unfortunately, but it's not really unfortunately. It's more like this is just how it worked out. But we're only going to have a handful of games. It might be two games. It might be four games, whatever, whatever it ends up being. We're going to have a, a very small number of games to see what pre Ian Cole Avs defense looks like. And then post Ian Cole as defense. Right. You know, when he returns. So I'm I'm curious to see what those re- what those results look like, but it'll be hard to draw any strong conclusions just because they will not play very many games without Ian Cole. Uh you know, barring of course barring another injury or something else that happens this year, but in this situation there won't be enough games where you can really feel like you you've drawn a, a serious conclusion here uh, about what the PK looks like. Yeah. It has not looked good in two games. That's for sure. Yeah. It's the thing with Ian Cole for me is look, hasn't played all summer has been injured all summer. Fully expect him to start out on the third line and be a third line player, at least as he warms back up to NHL speed. Yeah. The question for me is where does he fit? After that, are they going to look to take away minutes from Zadorov? Are they trying to get Cole into the top four, or, or where do they go next? I mean, I think it's going to be a lot more situational this year than, you know, with, with this defense, you toss Cole in there, and let's say it's Cole and Graves, okay? Sure. We'll just, I mean, and it doesn't even really matter, to be honest. Graves, Barbario, Knotten, um, Timmons would have been the only one where I say this matters because you do want to actually give him meaningful minutes. But I I say it's not it's not really going to matter because you have five guys on your defense that you are dead 
in dead set on playing every night and that you trust to some extent every single game. You yeah. have those five guys. And I don't think that this is like a top pairing, second pairing, third pairing. You know, we get we get a little lost in the designations sometimes. Sure. But I I do think that <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I die here. Uh, I, I just can't get rid of this cough, man. It just will not yeah, leave me alone. I know. You've been struggling with it for forever now. I know. This is like week three. Um but I I don't I don't think that we have like it's gonna be a major, major difference. Yeah. You know, I don't think that the top pairing is gonna have a, it's gonna be twenty five minutes and then your third pairing is gonna be twelve minutes. I think it's gonna be the majority of those those five guys are 17 to 22 all kind of in there. And it depends on how the game is going. You know, if there's a lot of penalties uh, on one side or the other, then, you know, the guys who play more PP time are going to end up with a lot more ice time that night. And if there's the reverse, then the PK guys end up with a lot more ice time. If the abs are leading, then the PK guys are also going to be the guys that they use to close out games. You know, it's going to be a lot of Eric Johnson, Ian Cole, Ryan Graves, and Nikita Zadorov down the stretch. Some some combination of those guys, not even all four of them, but some combination of those four guys we expect will be. And again, Ryan Graves, placeholder for whichever guy is in the lineup that night. It, sure. Sometimes it might even be Ryan Graves. That mystery box, <laughs> you know, could be could be a boat. For sure. That. So you kind of expect the minutes to kind of pull from everywhere then Connor Timmons and in the two games he got very very much so the low man on the totem pole yeah assuming Ian Cole is 100% and they're not managing him that way he's gonna get significantly more minutes than that yeah and you know maybe early on maybe the first like week of games that Cole was playing because that would serve as kind of his preseason as well right right uh you know maybe, maybe they do that where he plays like 15 minutes and it's heavy PK and heavy uh you know, very select, even strength time where they, they pick their spots, offensive zone face-offs to try and protect him, you know, things like that, where they're just they're just working him back into shape. But with a veteran guy like that, I don't think Bender's going to take that kind of approach as much. I think I think that's why he, he might say, hey, we're going to give him an extra practice, we're going to give him an extra game, we're going to give him an extra four days, you know, whatever. He's cleared to play, but that doesn't necessarily mean he will because they might still want to give him fully up to speed instead of just throwing him in. You know, if this was March and they were in a playoff race, different yeah. story. But this is October. You don't need to be rushing this. It's like, oh, my God, we've got to get him in the lineup. We've got to do this, right? Yeah. So I, I think that they could still afford some patience here uh, and work him into the lineup. But eventually, I think that those five guys will all kind of come together and be an entire unit essentially right like an, an actual like a one through five that you're very comfortable with and if ryan graves like hard wins that sixth job then it's and, a full six man unit basically right yeah. and, and that these are your six guys that you play the majority of the year until somebody gets hurt that's you know first of all big development win for the organization yep on ryan on the front of ryan graves because that was a broken prospect swap when they brought him in as their only trade deadline deal for Chris Begraw two years ago. Yep. 
that they've even gotten this out of Ryan Graves is legitimately a win for them in terms of development, but it becomes a major win for them. If he becomes like a solid, like this is going to be NHL a guy that regular defenseman. Yeah. Right. Like, like that's, if that happens, you strongly look to movie and Cole over the summer and keep yeah. Ryan Graves. I mean, let's, let's talk about that up and down the lineup. The Evs went out and mon- got a bunch of defensemen because it sounded like Ian Cole was going to be out until December. Now he's back. So it was already crowded and now it's, it, feels like there might be one too many bodies in the room it does but the question is what do you do about it can you do anything about it uh this is where i mean i think this is where you give it a month and you give it a month and you hope that a team like winnipeg gets desperate (laughs) yeah where they they lose four or five games in a row and they think oh boy yeah this is, you know, we're in trouble is, here. That yeah. defense is already weak. We, we need we need help on the back end here. So I, I that that would be, uh, that would be kind of my approach. Is open up the phone lines, send out the text message in the, in the GM thread, the Slack channel that they share, whatever it is <laughs> that all the GMs use to communicate, except Lamorello. Cause I'm sure he's too proud and too old, but <laughs> I do think um, you want to look to move one of these guys. Yeah. Maybe one of them for a forward to balance you out a little bit more. Another guy that you can uh, like a forward prospect, not an NHL contract. Um, maybe, maybe you try and get like a D prospect, you know, uh, again, not a guy on a, on a contract yet, but just another guy that, that they like, that was a mid round pick or something, you know, maybe that's what they go for. They just go for a mid round pick. They don't have a second this year. You know, maybe, maybe they try and, I mean, I don't think they'll get a second, but maybe yeah. they try and get another third or a fourth. Yeah. They've been obsessed with moving and acquiring thirds. So <laughs> That's a target they seem to like. <laughs> um, I, I guess the kind of question is, in the past, we've seen them attach to guys that are in their lineup, like an Ian Cole, and not want to move them. So how much value is there if you're looking at some of those other guys, potentially a, a Ryan Graves? Is there any value at all there, or are you pretty much stuck with it? I think there's value in one of these guys. Yeah. Somewhere, somehow. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, if you're looking around, and you know, if the Avs say the say that the Avs did get comfortable, you know, Ryan Graves does win that job through the first twenty or thirty games of the season, and they get comfortable there. You know, then maybe maybe they do look to to move on from Cole, and then and then say, of course, Timmons goes down to the AHL, plays really well. And it's just like, okay, well, we're just trying to trying to do this, you know? What a why why not try and move Ian Cole? I mean, hey, if I'm GM, I would, but we've seen the Avs attached to those veterans they brought in to be stabilizers and they don't want to give that up in the past. Sure. And I mean you could I'm Cole, I only pick Cole because I think he'd have the most value. No, I agree with you there, yeah. But but if not Cole, then, you know, you could move a Barbario in the last year of a deal. You could move a Connaughton in the last year of a deal where there's not a lot of commitment here and teams could just see how they fit in. 
Yeah, we've seen Joe Sackick struggle to make those moves at past trade deadlines is the only thing. But we can talk about that more in segment number two. As anytime I, I have wild trade conversations, I like to crack open a Breck brew. Oh, so <laughs> it's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. They were established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado as the original Colorado beer. I actually had one of their Colorado cores earlier today when I was recording the Denver Sports Podcast in the studio. Always a delicious beer. And you can also go with their classics, whether it's the Avalanche Amber Ale or the Vanilla Porter. Those two are some of their earlier beers and some of their best ones, to be honest. The Avalanche Amber is one of my favorites. I love Amber Ales. I can get down with most beers, except for the IPAs. Not a huge fan of the IPAs, but they even have that if that's your type of thing. So be sure to check out Breckenridge Brewery at your local liquor store or anywhere else that you can find them and try a few or Come on out with us. Check our Breckenridge event calendar on the DNVR.com for our next watch party where we'll be drinking Breck beers and you can RSVP and come have a good time. Second segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast with Rudo and AJ. We are here. We've talked about the defense a little bit. Ian Cole being healthy does really solidify their top five, as you said, arguably even their top six. When you're looking at moves for some of these depth guys, they brought up Kevin Connaughton. Mm -hmm. Makes perfect sense for a guy to have in the press box of the 7th or 8th D because of his NHL experience. He doesn't need to be playing games down in the AHL. But how do you try and work in guys like a Callie Rosen or a Connor Timmons down the line? (laughs) Well, I think, think, first of all, I think the Kevin Connaughton recall is not one for him to play. Right. He'll be in the press box. Right. Because otherwise he'd be practicing next to Graves and they would be, they'd be treating him a lot differently. And they would also have to activate or not activate Cole from the IR. And when they do that, they're going to have to make another roster choice. Yep. Whether it's a forward and someone like Kamenev or one right. of the D's. Well, and it wouldn't make any sense to, to go with Kamenev because then you have to put another guy on waivers. That's true. With Kanaten, uh, because he cleared waivers just a couple weeks ago, they have they have thirty days from that time until that until he has to re clear them. So they can call him up and then send him back down freely without having to worry about it. Knowing that he got called up here just in case something happened. You know, Mark Barbario, given the luck that he had last year. Yeah. It's fair to just be like, well, if case in case something happens to Barb's during practice. You know, he's he'll be Connaughton is here to be good to go for the game on Thursday against Boston. Otherwise, barring anything like that, I think Barb's is in next to Graves. Um, and then Connaughton goes back down as soon as Cole is activated from IR. How do they work in Cali Rosen? Well, that's where you have an injury where you want to come and you want to bring a guy up to play. Yeah. And well, and the other thing, Cali Rosen still has to continue to play well in the AHL. Of course. Like, you have to earn your spot. That's always a rule. They're not going to call you up if you're playing like garbage down there. Right. That's a given. If you're playing poorly, well, unless you're Patrick Waugh calling up Borna Rendelich, but well, that's a and, different story. I mean, like, you remember when they called up Kevin Shattenkirk 500 years ago? He was bad in the AHL. Right. And he, he got called up to the AHL and never looked back. It's different when it's not a top prospect like that. Like, Kyle right. Rosen, 25 years old. First of all, 
it's a legitimate legitimate question what he's even getting from being down there. He's two two full seasons there. He's twenty five. This isn't a development thing anymore. This is this is goes back to they just have too many guys thing. Yeah, and um, this is also a you know where where you want to work him in. It's going to either require a leap of faith or it's going to require a serious injury somewhere, and maybe even two. Yeah, I I do wonder about that a little bit because one injury, if you're sitting on the call-up list, I'm pretty confident that guy's going to get game somewhere down the line. Two injuries, you're asking a lot there. I, yeah, it, it does happen. It can happen. No team is going to be feeling great if their decor takes two injuries, particularly if it's two guys in their top four, quote-unquote, rather than a bottom-pairing guy like a, a Barbario or a Graves. So it, it's going to be tough, I think, to see, especially if Timmons plays well. He, If he's not already ahead of Rosen, he could easily re- leapfrog him. Yeah, that's – I think Timmons is like the ultimate X factor there, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, if, Timmons, if Timmons plays really well and they give him priority on a call-up and – he gets in, you know, he gets in, uh, and then he plays really well in the NHL and you never look back. Like you're not, honestly, you're just not that worried about what, what's going on with Kelly Rosen. Yeah, that's fair. It's, it's where you and I have that, that jaded. <laughs> We've seen this play out before. <laughs> exactly. Lack of trust. Uh, where we're like, uh, they're going to give Kevin Connaughton that shot. <laughs> And the entire year goes by and Kelly Rosen still hasn't made his NHL debut. Right. Doesn't play a single NHL game. Neither does Connor Timmons get back ever. And and right. then we're, we're ranting and raving, but it hasn't happened yet. That's very fair. And then, and then, uh, Connaughton and Barbario leave in free agency. They bring Ryan Graves back. Bowen Byram makes the team and you're in the same problem all over right. again. And Timmons and Rosen are still sitting there having not played. And now you have nowhere to put them. Yeah. And, you know, Timmons, you're like, well, he's still really young. And you're talking, you're doing all those things that you do when you talk to yourself talking into something. Yourself into it. Yeah. And, and with Kelly Rosen, you're just kind of like, well, you know, file Bo and Byram. What are you going to do? <laughs> you know, like it's, it's those leaps that right. of logic that you make there to try and make it okay. And it's a totally natural thing. You know, there's a lot of logic in doing those things. Because you do look at it from that level and you say, okay, well, from this perspective, this makes perfect sense. It's just that you and I have paid a lot of close attention to prospects over the years. And that's where that jaded uh, kind of mentality comes from, where we're seeing is believing with this, with this front office in terms of the one thing that they have consistently struggled with. Even, even in the last five years when... I feel like so many good things have gotten turned around from them. You know, their pro scouting even had a handful of wins when, you know, Patrick Nemeth, Mark Barbario, even the Sven Andragetto deal. Yep. Those were good pro scouting wins for them where they were Ryan Graves has turned into a good pro scouting win already. Even, even if he never ends up playing tomorrow, right? It's that's, that's just sort of it. Like, this is the area where they've struggled is is getting guys from their amateur department who 
who go from amateur into pro into the NHL. And, you know, Rosen would not be a great example of that because obviously he spent his formative, his early 20s in Sweden. Yep. And then his mid-20s in Toronto and then came to Colorado kind of like as a already made bottom pairing guy right at the same time where they, for the first time ever, they had a bunch of depth there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's they're just kind of in a weird spot right now, like as an organization with these depth guys, and it extends to the forwards too, because yeah. you do have like you signed Logan O'Connor to an ELC because you wanted him to be a he was an older prospect. You wanted him to be close to uh, NHL ready. Yeah, close to a finished prospect is what I'm trying trying to say. Have like, him jump in, but. It hasn't happened. Right. And then the depth, you know, in one year, you know, Sheldon Drys was kind of the same thing. He was one year in the AHL with uh, with the Stars. Yep. And then the Avs pick him up. And then he kind of jumps in there and, like, he's intriguing depth, right? But now the guy is, uh, you know, seven deep. And that's a good thing. Like, you want to be, you want to be building up that depth, but you've also got to figure out the balance between having that depth and the veteran presence and being able to continue to develop players and moving them into the NHL. And that's, that's like the last step for Colorado to, from, to go from plucky upstart to contender to consistent contender. Right. Because we saw, look at the differences between say Chicago and like a Tampa Bay where Tampa Bay has been able to reload the big stars and kind of recycle them out and then go through a couple of different generations of, of, of competing for cups and producing their own farmed prospects. Right. And, and you look at, you look at right now their roster and you can see, you know, yeah, a lot of their guys are homegrown. I think when I went through their roster earlier in the preseason, every single forward of theirs was homegrown. And that's not the case now because they went out and they got they added like a Patrick Maroon. Obviously but, that changes, but still a significantly large portion. Right, but there are that's all of their guys. All of their all their other guys are homegrown. Yep. Are guys that they have developed internally and they've been able to turn them into okay, well, when this guy it comes time to pay him, they they find a way to to pay him whatever money it costs, you know, whatever they have to do. And then they just recycle in with the ELCs. Right. The, the pieces that they can't afford to pay or that they deem willing to ship out, they're able to recoup assets on. Right. And that's the other big thing is that they've been, they've been able to go and get Mikhail Sergachev. You know, they've been able, able to go and get Eric Chernak. They're able to, to load up. I mean, you look at, they've got two first rounders this year. They've got two first rounders, two fourths and two sixths. Like this is an organization that should, that you would think is in perpetual buy, 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 buy mode. And they're still loading up. They're still finding ways to turn excess assets like JT Miller into Vancouver's first round pick, which is going to be a really nice pick. It's consistently always building forward. They're able to have a very, very good team now, obviously won the president's trophy last year and still secure the future as well. 
Right. It's 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 an impressive piece of piece of business, and that's that's what you aspire to do, is to get to that level. And Colorado has that opportunity. They're like right there. They right. are they are right on the cusp of being one of those organizations that other organizations look up to and want to be. Yeah, because right now, you know, anybody can trade their star players. Not anybody can do it and rebuild their organization the way that the Avs have done from it. But trading Ryan O'Reilly, Matt Duchesne, Tyson Berry, you can tr- you can always trade your best players. Right. It's I mean, most of those guys, other than obviously Barry just happening, are not even on the team the Avs traded them to anymore. Right. So and and that's what's what comes next is such a big step for them. And I'm excited to see it, man, because I think I think that there's a chance they get over that hump. But seeing is believing there. You know, it's a it's a leap of faith. If you have total faith that they do it, it's because you're buying into something you haven't seen yet. And, you know, doing what we do, you want to be a little bit more, hey, you've got to show that you can do this. And I think that's where Rosen, that's where Timmons, that's where Cout, that's where Greer all of these guys come into play this year. Bowers, uh, all of these guys are going to come into play as depth options this year. And how they make those decisions and how they go about uh, in- integrating them into their roster is going to be a big difference between are they are they successful in getting these guys into the league and turning them into real NHLers or are they not? There you go. It's always a big, big thing. We'll call the second segment there. We will talk about the Avs forwards a bit more on the other side of this break. But I did want to tell you guys about Denver Rubber Company. As I said the other day, AJ and I had a chance to tour their facilities, saw how they cut a lot of their rubber products and things like that. They actually told us about some of the new stuff they have planned. Some of those machines are insane. They're getting one that cuts like eight inch think thick steel i think yeah which is just absolutely insane to me the uh the the water pressure machine yeah that they're getting like the new one i'm i'm excited to go back when they actually have that thing in there and to watch that thing go to work because it was already really cool yeah it like it's super cool cutting the the rubber and metal that they have there which was fairly thick but eight inches of steel is like that's how you build buildings <laughs> stuff like that. So that is super duper awesome. But I digress a little bit because they also do have a ton of other products. They've been in business since 1972 and they have the highest quality of products from die cut gaskets, molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. They offer innovative solutions to serve a diverse line of industries, including aerospace, pharmaceutical, construction, medical, military, electronics, and many more as well. Denver Rubber Company is an ISO certified company that will work with you from design to final product that's both cost effective and will meet your requirements. If you're in need of custom design, material selection for your project, or have a deadline to make for a large order, do not hesitate to call Denver Rubber Company. Call them today at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and tell them who sent you third and final segment of the dnvr avalanche podcast we've talked about the defense there is a bit of other news going on with the avs right now Kadri and donskoy are both okay they both practice today they will be in the lineup against boston but 
JT Comfer will not, as it sounds like he's dealing with a little bit of a nagging lower body injury. Very likely means Colin Wilson is getting into the lineup. Colin Wilson is not really a center, so how does that kind of shake things out for the Avs' depth? Well, it sucks for Kamenev. Sure does. Because you're like, oh, well, he's a center. A center got hurt. He's going to come into the, oh, they're just going to move Tyson Jost. Yep. Well, kind of sucks for Tyson Jost, too, because they're trying to make him into a top six left wing. And now he's at 3C. And, like, we've talked about at the beginning of the year, you and I both would prefer him to be at center. At 3C. But that's with JT Comfer on his right, not sitting in the press box because a third line of, of Matt Nieto Tyson Jost and Colin Wilson is the ultimate Island of misfit toys. Those are not complimentary skill sets. I mean, Colin Wilson can go get, but there's no finisher on that line. Yeah. The individual shooting ability is definitely a concern. Colin Wilson has been able to finish pucks based off of, quality passing from high-skilled players. I don't really see that level of passing on this line if it does end up being Jost and Nieto. Nieto, obviously very well known for lacking the finishing ability. And Tyson Jost, a player who's still trying to find himself. I I think physically, Nieto and Wilson can get after guys. Sure. And it'll be the classic, like, Bednar, hard on pucks, aggressive forecheck. Um, puck retrieval skills, which is another thing I think Jost does well. He do- it feels a little redundant with Wilson, though, doesn't it? It does. It 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 absolutely does, and it feels like Jost's playmaking is better than his scoring. <laughs> and I would say the same is true of Wilson at this point. Yeah, because we see, we see, we've seen in his two years in Colorado, Wilson is best when he is finishing, when he is sitting in front of the net, poking home rebounds and and putting in one-timers into, you know, when he's, like, on the top power play unit. So that's, like, that's where he's found a lot of his goal-scoring success, not, not organically on the line that he's currently yeah. going to be playing on. At the same time, like, I still think that that's a, that's a third line that's going to... Yeah, like I, I don't think it'll be bad by any means. These these are all perfectly capable NHL players on a third line. It's just a question of the chemistry there and how yeah. everything clicks. Yeah, and maybe I would switch out. Mm. Do you give Val Nachushkin a chance there to just park in front of the net? Yeah, I was going to say uh, Wilson with Calvert and Belmar. Yeah. I think could be really interesting, yeah. but we've seen that fourth, that fourth line has been so solid through two games. Like it's fine to just let it be. Uh, you're certainly not touching Calvert and Belmar for sure. No, oh God, no, I'm not doing that. Um, so. But that's, this is, this is fine. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. He like this building on fire. This, no, 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 <laughs> no. For once, not at all. Like for once, this is actually just like, yeah, this is, this is, you know, this is what you want. You know, you want to have depth where a yeah. guy has a minor injury like this and you can you can alter your lineup a little bit and it's a minimal hit at worst. Yeah, you go from what, a 32 point guy last year to a guy who had 26, 27 points last year and 
you know, like it, it has had a, like a solid proven NHL career. Like this isn't, you're not, you're not rolling the dice with the limited, a hard ceiling, limited upside young player where you're just trying to get, you know, you're just like, well, we'll just see what happens. You know, with Colin Wilson, you're feeling a lot more comfortable as to how things are going and what it, what it's going to look like. So I'm, I'm comfortable with it. I think this is the this is exactly what they wanted when they went out and they they got all these forwards. Yeah, this is fine. Like this is fine. How does this affect PP two? Whether you liked it or not, Comfer was in that carrying the puck role. Can't imagine they want Wilson doing that job. So they're gonna have to get a little creative there. You don't. <sighs> They've had two zone entries on the second power play unit. You just use the other one. You don't yeah, use the drop pass. You don't you don't use the drop pass. You run the little basketball style wheel play that they are. Yeah. Uh, that they've been running where where Gerard has to hit the forward coming from the right wing to the left wing. And then he on the uh, cross, yeah. Yeah, he he's cutting across and he either takes possession of that puck or he just chips it in and they go and chase it. That's all you have to do, man. So no worries there. Do you just stick Wilson on the power play and, and let his, him do his thing like he did last year, kind of? Yeah, that's straight. I mean, Wilson and Nichushkin in front, right? Yep. Like, you should have some big dudes there. And then run it through Gerard and Donskoy, mostly. Yeah. Or you don't do, or you don't have Wilson on there and you have Jost there because Jost has been kind of a rotational power play player for them. True. So... Either one of those options, you put Wilson and Achushkin in front and just hope that, you know, the towers of power screen up, you know, put they put the butts next to each other and the goalie can't see anything. Yeah. I and just create create the butt wall. That's all it is. The butt wall. <laughs> the butt wall. Confirmed. <laughs> That's how you score goals in the NHL. Butt wall and shoot around it. It's fine. I saw that movie <laughs> wanted. If you can curve bullets, you can curve pucks. <laughs> You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the logic tracks. <laughs> you get enough movies deep and pucks just wind up in the net. It's that's, a fact. Dude, that's right. That's all you got to do. It's just, I mean, you just get a few pop culture references in there and you've revolutionized hockey. It's really not hard. And Nachushkin has to yell Kobe as it bounces off his butt, right? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Any any goal that he scores this year, he should be roaring Kobe. <laughs> fair. That's fair. It's been it a should minute. be like the deepest Russian growl of all time. <laughs> he just morphs like, into a bear. No, and and you know, the the thing will show up on a um uh, on the Richter scale. <laughs> there you go. It'll be perfect. A small earthquake in the Pepsi Center. Yeah, exactly. It'll be great, man. <laughs> I mean, they've they've got to be able to feel it since people can't watch it. True, that's true. <laughs> Cannot watch the games anymore. So, I guess there you go. It's on you, Nachushkin. You have to be loud enough to alert us to when the Avs score. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it's, all we get. It's on. It's on him. Yep. This is what they brought you in for. They brought you in to be the altitude broadcast, Nachushkin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down. All right. Um, I do want to touch on the second line a little bit with things coming up here. They played great. We've talked about it. They look really solid. Going to get maybe a little bit of a different look 
with Joe slotting in at 3C. Mm-hmm. How do you work that? And can we expect to see that pick up a little bit? They have one point between Burakovsky, Kadri, Jost so far. Um, I do think that we are uh, on, I mean, any game now, we're on the verge of the Kadri breakout. And that will mean a good place to, or a good team to do it against too. But. Exactly. And like, there'll be a familiarity there. There's obviously an anger there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think that, and that obviously I think probably plays in hand in hand with Burakovsky. Uh, you would like to see that production start to get there for the other guys. Yeah, definitely fair. It's what are your expectations in, in slotting someone into that spot? If Jost is 3C. Boy, I don't think it's a very high-end offensive group. Yeah. Um, that would be... That would be my concern. The hope is that the, the Kadri-Donskoy chemistry we saw in preseason is still there, right? Yeah, I mean... Donskoy's had chemistry with everybody. That's very true. So it's like, I even asked him, I was like, well, what is it? What is it about you guys, about you that, that does, that makes it, you work with everybody that you play with. And he laughed and he said, I don't think it has anything to do with me. I just have great players around me. And I'm like, all right, super hockey player answer aside. Yeah. What is it about you? That makes you work with everybody. It doesn't matter what role. It doesn't matter what line mates. You just look really good. And he was like, well, you know, I, I'm telling you, I just have great players around me that make me look better. And I was like, okay. Must be nice. I tried. I tried to get you to, 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 to say something nice about yourself. And all you did was say something nice about your teammates. So I'm going to go ask your teammates to say something nice about <laughs> you on your behalf. <laughs> That's how you get them right there. Pro tips. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to wrap things up here. Final thoughts. I'm sure we'll get more into the matchup versus Boston tomorrow morning, but you yep. got to be hyped for the first real test. It feels like of the season. Yeah, I definitely am curious about how, uh, how we all handle the snowstorm tomorrow. Yeah, there's that too. Um, we're hoping that there's a jersey reveal down in Colorado Springs. We're hoping yep. that uh, the snowstorm isn't so bad. And I think I'm taking the train to the game tomorrow. Nice. So I did everything but answer your question. Honest, <laughs> honestly, Boston's undefeated. Colorado's undefeated. The Avs have always played the Bruins well. It's going to be a really fun game. We'll see. I am i don't really have any feel for it. The Avs, uh, I think they lost every game that they played last year in which they were coming off of a break of three-plus days. So I have pretty low expectations. I'd like to see them turn that around, though. You have to think so. I can't really wait. It feels like we got into the start of the season and then immediately jumped on the brakes with this big break. And I just want to get back into consistent hockey every week, you know? Yeah, we is. I mean, does the schedule really allow that? Don't we have another weird break coming yeah, up? Yeah, it's super weird. The whole like all of October is very, very scattered. Well, because so. starting tomorrow, 
Right. They like they play four games in the next seven days. Yeah. I mean, they actually, can, it, they play six in the next eight days, nine days. Right. So they play a ton and then they have a three day break, a back to back and a three day break. So it's just you're either full speed or yeah. full stop. There's right. no consistency. It's, it's seven. It's actually seven games in 11 days. There you go. And then so. and then a three day break, a back to back and then a three day break. And it's like, what's the point of this? Well, and then when they come back from that that three day break, uh, they play a game. Yeah, and then they have a day one off, day off, and then they have a back to back to start November. <laughs> it's super weird, and then they don't play any Sundays or any Mondays in all of November. It's so wonky, man. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's really really weird. Uh, but they don't actually. I don't make the schedule. They don't, I don't play know. Sunday uh, at all. I think they have one Sunday game. Oh, yeah, you're right. Until Look, February. Yeah, February 9th is their next Sunday game. And then they have uh, one, uh, what is it? I think they have four of them in March, three of them in March. Three in March, yeah. And then, yeah, that's it. So they only played on Sunday four times. All of them are in the second half, and three of them are in March. Yeah, and they have very few afternoon games this year. Yep. Which... <sighs> <laughs> one of the uh, one of the highlights is of Saturday games is that they get you play them yeah. at one o'clock. You get afternoon hockey. Damn it! They've got two in January. That are that, those are fun. That'll be cool. Yeah, they have one this month. Part of a back to back, but anyway, eh, yeah. I mean, schedule aside, it's it's weird and it's hard for them to get into a rhythm. It's hard for us to get into a rhythm. Um, Evan's been going to practice because I went for a month straight and then I've just been trying to kick this cough because I don't want to be sitting down next to the players like all hacking up all over them. You know, it's ugh, gross. While you try to kick that cough, we're going to end this podcast. So get rid of it. We'll say goodbye here. Thank you for listening. As always, you will hear from us tomorrow morning and then we'll have some abs hockey to watch. If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. Uh, wines, I find them extremely helpful in ha- helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials.